Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you. A fine 2020 to you, sir. And this is 2020. Mm, hey, that's awesome. Was that uh, was that a callback? Is that show even still on? 60 Minutes? <laughs> 60. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh, dear. It's early. 
it's early here. In, it's early uh, pitch, and you're already punchy. Pitch black Portland. Uh, I've got a quiet place part three going on outside my house. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, can I tell you, I went uh, for uh, shout out to people who live in small towns. I, I've spent the last couple of days in Ashland, Oregon, and they have the it's a it's a one theater town. And I took my daughter to see Knives Out in their little Ashland cinema. And it was so great. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> Every row had exactly eight seats. And uh, in this in our little theater and there were like uh, I. I there weren't eight rows because I think we counted there were a total of 55 seats. So there were there were some off rows, but wow. it was like seven rows. Of, uh, and uh, it was so fun. It was like a big screen TV and everybody was so nice. And the movie was fantastic. Again, Hopefully you're still not paying regular ticket prices for, for the big screen TV. Viewing. I don't even know, because when you walk in, you buy your ticket. At the concession. So you buy your ticket, you buy the food, you buy your goodies <laughs> all in one. I don't even, they buried the price. I could actually, it could have been, you know, 25 bucks a ticket plus, you know, a buck for popcorn. I don't know. That's funny. That's funny. I don't know. But it was really great fun. That's, you know, I will complain a little bit about movie theaters and their, their ticket prices. And I, I get it. They, you know, it's easier to just kind of have standardized pricing. But I mean, there are some theaters like, you know, my wife and I had our anniversary and we did our annual movie marathon and uh, went and saw yeah, a bunch of movies. Because I mean, you guys, you've been married uh, how long? 18 years now. 18 years. So from when you started to today, I mean, that probably cost you a grand this today, <laughs> or this this year. Uh, I don't think we started right away, but yes, whatever we did, it still probably has cost that much. I mean, it probably cost that much just after like three, three things, the price of tickets. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was just this year. That's right. <laughs> the, um, no, it's, uh, uh, weirdly like the majority, I think three of the four movies that we went and saw, we walked into the theater and they were the size of broom closets. They were so small. And, you know, it's still in a nice theater. There's mm -hmm. a bar out front. There's recliner seating, all of that sort of stuff. But the screen size and everything is just so, so tiny. And, you know, it, it ends up being frustrating when you end up paying the same for that experience that you do when you walk into a theater equipped with Dolby Atmos and it's just a massive screen. And it's something that people have bandied about in the past, the whole idea of of ticket pricing and kind of adjusting it per, uh, you know, per screen and per, you know, how long the movie's been playing and stuff. I, I don't know if the movie theaters will ever get on board that, but it really seems uh, frustrating when I'm paying the same price that somebody next door is play, paying to watch, you know, Star Wars in the uh, the giant screen. Well, I am uh, woefully out of date when it comes to how the like ticket pricing logic, uh, but it it seems to me, at least here, based on my experience here, that they are charging you not for the size of the screen at all, but for the theatrical experience. Yeah, like in the audience, like we invested in all these fantastic new chairs and new seat, new snacks, and um, like all of these things that, you know, once the lights are out, do you really notice the size of the screen? And I say that in heavy air quotes, um, because your butt is so comfy, 
Uh, and you know, you're drinking booze now that you, you paid a lot for. Exactly. You know, and so they, they're not, they're not really, they get around that conversation about screen size. Size doesn't matter, Andy. Yeah. And, and I think largely, you know, these, these multiplexes, that's really what they're doing now. And and I shouldn't say now, I mean, this has been ongoing since the multiplexes started where, you know, they have a large quantity of screens are really large, Mm -hmm. or I shouldn't say large quantity, but there's a good number of them that are the big size. And then they just get smaller and smaller. Um, For remainders. Yeah. And I feel like now like when i was in the theater i'm like how are there so many screens that are this small in this theater oh because they have such massive screens taking up you know uh half of the building you know and it's mm-hmm. it, i don't know it's it's a little frustrating but i don't we know what still, we're gonna do about it as as many years as we've been talking about atmos we still don't have an atmos theater in portland proper like i have to drive an hour to see an atmos movie what is that all about Yeesh. Right. Like that's an experience where I would I, I'm I'm happy to pay more for the big theater with that kind of upgrade. And yet we we don't have it. It's you do have IMAX screens, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have both the, you know, the real IMAX at our uh, science center and they, they play the yeah. biggest of the big run movies. We also have a bunch of, of LIMAX you know, movie theaters that are good. They're still good. How about Dolby Cinema? Do you have any Dolby Cinema screens? Because I've been pretty impressed with the Dolby Cinema screens as well. I, well, uh, you know what? I haven't looked because uh, the only one I'm really, uh, I have my eye out for is Atmos here. What's, what's the difference between Dolby Cinema screens? That is a great question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Stump the Andy. (laughs) Uh, let's see, Dolby Cinema. I think it's almost their version of IMAX. Um, okay. It's they really pay attention in the screens that are called Dolby Cinema to the picture quality, to the sound quality. Um, I'm you know live searching right now on the computer. Oh, and they to have okay, five hundred times the contrast ratio of standard cinema. Uh-huh. Perfect for any blockbuster you may be planning on watching. Dolby Atmos has some serious firepower. Series five in-screen speakers. Okay, 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 okay. So that's yeah. uh, that's AMC's right up of it. Yeah, because it's it is an AMC thing. The Dolby mm-hmm. uh, Cinema. Uh, it's dual 4K laser projectors, so uh, they're very <gasps> dual strong. Uh, with right. the lasers. What? <laughs> uh yeah it's hdr which is pretty interesting yeah yeah Uh, because that certainly is an interesting way to look at images um i've seen uh let's see baby driver and quiet place i think were two of the more recent films that i saw in the dolby cinema oh and blade runner 2049 um so because amc is not big in oregon obviously we have no um we have no we have no Dolby Cinema mm. in the state of Oregon at all. But how about Washington? I could go to Linwood or for or Tukwila or Spokane. See or Woodenville. Those options. are I have options. Those if are you're driving all already <laughs> over th- three hours from me. See, so just make them. Th- it makes the movie that much go. more of a special viewing experience because it's <laughs> a real you, voyage. Right, it's a voyage. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so I packed my trunks and <laughs> I hit the open water. Well, do you have Regal? 
Yes. Regal Cinema. So RPX is their version. Is RPX HDR? That's the thing. Well, here you go. RPX RPX is uh, bigger screens, newer projectors. Uh, It's not as premium as Dolby or IMAX. No, it's not. And that's that's our primary, of course. Uh, what I have access to is second fiddle to what you have access to, but uh, it is not as good as as yeah. yours. And so it's it's so not as good that I go in now and I don't even really notice a difference. I certainly don't notice the sound. We get a little bit of a rumble seat thing going on. Not quite, you know, 4D butt shaker yeah. experience, um, but it's. It's not it's so few movies that I see actually make use of, I think, what the technology is exists in the in the theater that to its greatest effect. And and I wonder about that. Like, I wonder how much like mastering has to be done per this each cinema display technology in order to give you the best effect. Right. You know, like how many how many different rpx versus dolby cinema versus all the you know are they doing versus just sending out a really you know the their best master they can to everybody generic master yeah that's always a the question because i mean it takes time and energy to kind of re you know fit your entire uh, project into these other formats yeah so i imagine that there's uh, you know the ones that they definitely market are probably the ones that they really push and yeah. um and and then the rest of it is probably just you know just kind of more the generic mix that everyone else is getting because yeah they're not going to make a separate mix for uh for rpx and dolby cinema and yeah. imax and dolby atmos and you know they're just you know, it's just unless it's a big big thing i can't imagine that they're going to put that much energy into um splitting it up quite that much and honestly to a certain extent, you know, the average Joe isn't going to notice the difference. Yeah. Yeah, Joe doesn't complain. <laughs> anyway. Uh what other what we have a few bits of news. Oh, uh, well I should ask since we've been we've been apart, right? The last time we were together, we did our giant re-ranking. Mm, yes. Uh and we now have 117 movies ranked between five of us <laughs> some alphabetically uh and uh, has anything changed for you in the last week on that re-ranking do we need to start re-ranking that list <laughs> re-rank our, our ranking films of the decade <laughs> oh dear i i certainly don't think so That's... have you seen anything in the last week that should be added to that list I have not. I have not. Because now the if, new year has happened and we, we're not allowed to update that list. So That list is dead to us yeah, now. It's dead to us now. We're starting the new list. <laughs> right. I'm starting um, my, 20, my 2020s list. <laughs> yes. Is there, have you seen, that's a better question. Have you seen anything that should be on that list? I haven't. I don't think anything has been released. I mean, there might have been some movies that came out yesterday, but... Uh, you weren't gosh, there. Okay. I, I apparently wasn't. Yeah, what opened yesterday? Did anything open on January 3rd that's not a, like, a, that's a new release that's not like a, you know, following up from Christmas sort of release? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've been on the road, man. Yeah, I don't know. The Grudge okay. did that, or is that next week? Oh, the Grudge. No, that the opened. Grudge was the only thing. Yeah, that opened. Yeah. All right. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't either. It's going to be knocked off my list. <laughs> I'm saving it for when we do our Grudge series. 
Wait, we'll watch. Now? We'll watch the whole series. <laughs> Did you sneak something on the schedule? I'm not aware of. All right, uh, we have uh, just uh, a little bit of news. Yeah, oh, yeah, some sad news. Sid Mead passed away this past week. Yeah. Very quite sad the uh, quite the visionary and the futurist. A lot of amazing uh, uh, stuff that he kind of designed that made made its way into various films, uh, largely uh, stuff from the 80s that we grew up on. Yeah, but, you know, still Tomorrowland. He's oh, definitely a future, uh, a, a fantastic futurist with just yeah. some amazing stuff. I mean, Blade Runner, Star Wars. Star Trek, uh, the motion Star picture. Trek, yeah, yeah. Right? He's, mm-hmm. he's Aliens, behind Beecher. Tron. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I saw him. When I was yeah. in high school, I went to a, uh, my mom took me, because she knew I was interested in, in that sort of stuff, and she took me to see him speak at the uh, the college near us, and I just remember how amazing the stuff that he designed was, and I was just endlessly fascinated with his work. Really cool stuff. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. He worked on Mission well, Impossible 3. What did he do in that one? I don't know. What was future future design in that one? Well, That's the whole thing is just, you know, the whole movie, Andy. It's all <laughs> of the future. The third one doesn't seem <laughs> like it's it's just like Rescue My Wife movie. It's basically, you, uh, you know, another opportunity. For, it should have been Liam Neeson. It's actually, <laughs> you know, no, it's actually the future that we're all going to get. Not like there are no flying cars because we should have had flying cars long ago, according to, you know, early Sid Mead. But this is Sid Mead giving up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Puzzle 3. It's, it's Sid Mead saying, you know what, we're never getting flying cars. Here's what you get. It looks exactly like today. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Right. You know what? You know how they build buildings in that big sky? It's going to look exactly like that right now. <laughs> uh, oh, Sid funny. Mead. All right. What a legacy. Okay. You want to do uh, trailers? Should we do trailers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You go first, I guess. Oh, right. Because you didn't post yours until this morning. (laughs) Until right before we recorded. Right before we recorded. Isn't that fantastic? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a a giver. Um. I am choosing. I. So this is. I just need help. I'm. This is a, a. I guess a white flag, Andy. This is uh, we've. I know you and I, maybe you and I have talked about this movie existing. I know I've talked about it a little bit in the community. Uh, I'm talking about Gretel and Hansel. The the full trailer dropped, uh, and it is a fantasy horror thriller coming out late uh, later this month. Oh my gosh! Uh, and it is uh, you know it's the story we all think we know uh, about. Hansel and Gretel, and they go into the woods and they find the witch, and her house is uh, not made of, but certainly full of all kinds of sweets and goodies. And this one is not a kid's story. In fact, it's one that when I watch it, I think, why are there kids even? Are these CG kids? Because that's the only (laughs) way I would want these kids in this movie, that they're completely invented, manufactured children. It looks really scary from director Oz Perkins. Uh, and writer Rob Hayes, and uh, it stars uh, Sophia Lillis, Alex, Alice Krieg, uh, Jessica Degau, and uh, Charles Babola, and uh, let's see, some others uh, in here. Samuel Leakey as 
Hansel. Um, Sophia Lillis, uh, I think we we know and love from uh, Stranger Things. No, from It. I mean, It. Oh, gosh. You know, another horror franchise <laughs> with children. Uh, it, Stranger Things and now Hansel and Gretel. Good. There you go. I I'm surprised uh, that uh, Alice Krieg isn't the reason you picked this, since she was uh, was the Borg Queen. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Did, uh, I was like, oh, maybe that's why Pete picked it. But no, you just you just gave up. You just no, said, no, no. I throwing didn't. in the I, towel, picking no, a horror movie. <laughs> no, you know, Andy, I have told you that Midsummer changed my changed my tune. I finally come mm-hmm. around, and so I'm. This is me embracing my new inner inner self, my inner love. I love it. Horror. I am. I pick this, and I think to myself do i regret that saying that out loud <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i think there are some really strong visuals in here um i i don't know much of oz perkins i know him more as an actor um than i do as a director naturally i look at the things he has created as a director and i haven't seen them uh, I just uh, you know, watched the Black Coat's Daughter. I'm yeah, the Pretty I, Things. Yeah, I just watched I'm the Pretty Thing that Lives in the House, which I really enjoyed. It's a very, it's it would be your style of horror because it's okay. really kind of slow paced, very kind of poetic, very. Um, it's very haunting. It's much more of kind of a haunted house story than it is a horror movie, and mm-hmm. it works really effectively. It's beautifully shot. I just I really fell in love with it. Um, I, and Blackcoat's Daughter's next on my list to check out from him because I find him to be a really interesting director. And this film, based on uh, what I saw from I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House and from what I've seen from you know images of the Blackcoat's Daughter, this looks like a big shift. Like it really looks like he's going just kind of the full on uh, kind of, uh, you know, studio horror sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that's bad. I think that's exciting to see what he's doing with this story and um i'm i don't know <laughs> i think it's really interesting interesting to see that you know he could uh, i don't know i think he could do something really cool with it um so uh, you know osgood perkins he is the son of course of anthony perkins mm-hmm. and um uh, yeah i don't know i i feel like i've seen him in some movies that he's been in but i don't think of him as an actor, it's like, I, I don't like, I just, he's one of those guys who's probably just a face. So he doesn't stand out to me, but, um, really it's the, it's these, uh, the, I, his directing style seems to be something that, um, I'm drawn to. So I'm looking forward to seeing more yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Rob Hayes, this is, uh, looks like his first feature, um, film project as a, a writer. He's been on the Stephen Amos show and, uh, chewing gum. He wrote some additional material, whatever that, uh, uh looks like in, in the, that project at TV series. But this looks like his first feature film. Uh, I can, you know, I, I found myself weirdly satisfied by the, the, what I imagine went on as they start to think about this, you know, what would be a great cinematic universe is the Hansel and Gretel or the, the grim fairy tale cinematic universe. Like I, (laughs) for some reason, I really want now uh, all of them to be made like this. And, and I hope this one uh, doesn't disappoint because this could be a really fun uh, horror exploration of what frankly should have been horror all along. And uh, especially, I mean, since they are, you know the subtitling it gretel and hansel a grim yeah. fairy tale so it does yeah. make me think ooh maybe yeah. they are going to do some more of these and if so that excites me quite a bit too 
Yep. Very, very intriguing. So that comes out in the U.S. January 31st. The Greeks uh, get it on the 30th, also in the Netherlands and Saudi Arabia. Uh, but uh, everybody else gets it on the, the 31st. Slovakia, cool. February 13th. Sorry, guys. Brazil, <laughs> February 20th. Italy. Germans aren't even on the list. Angela, come on. They don't even get it. Yeah. Mm. All right. What do you got? My trailer is, uh, it should come as no surprise, it is a sequel to a fantastic, fantastic film that uh, came out a couple years ago, now A Quiet Place. This is A Quiet Place Part 2 that uh, John Krasinski pretty much put into action, I should say, Paramount Pictures pretty much put it into action as soon as the movie completely surprised them uh, with how successful it was the first one they had forecast on its opening weekend it would make in the mid 20 millions as far as its opening weekend it ended up making more than 50 million opening weekend and instantly they got in touch with krasinski and said get that sequel underway because it's greenlit already (laughs) and so he set to work and uh, he was not really sure he wanted to because he thought of it kind of as a one-off But as he kind of worked on it, he realized that it's kind of a fun world and he's been kind of playing around with it. And he said it could, it's kind of this, you know, he sees it now as this larger, larger universe that he can kind of play around with. So who knows if this second one is successful, there may be even more. But A Quiet Place Part 2, it's again directed by Krasinski uh, with his wife Emily Blunt and uh, Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe reprising their roles. Also, Killian Murphy and Jimon Honsu are a part of it this time. And it, it starts feeling a little bit kind of like The Walking Dead, where you have these people trying to survive in this world with these strange alien creatures hunting them when they make sounds. And, uh, but then they run into people, in this case, Killian Murphy and Jimon Honsu, and start realizing maybe the humans are just as much of a threat as these monsters are. At least that's kind of the vibe that uh, you get from their uh, trailer and the marketing materials. So I am very excited. Um, I just think it was such a pleasant surprise, this film, the first one. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm hoping it doesn't feel unnecessary. I'm hoping that Krasinski has found a way to keep it moving forward and and make it feel fresh. So uh, what do you think? I'm right with you. I think uh, uh, what a surprise A Quiet Place was. It bums me out uh, that uh, Krasinski isn't in it. And uh, I, you know, I, I think back, like, how could they retcon <laughs> number one to make? No, they're just not going to do that. Um, it, it was uh, it was a great surprise. I think he's a, a great talent. It, it, I worry a little bit because I'm also a fan of um, uh, the uh, uh, John, or, uh, not John Wick show, the Jack uh, Ryan. Jack Ryan. Show. Oh, right. And I'm, I mean, I'm really, I, I was disappointed in what they did with season two of, of Jack Ryan. They went in a direction that felt again, they did some things with the character that were unnecessary. And so hmm. I'm, I'm in that space with this, like, why are we here? Part of the, what was so charming about it was their relationship. And, um, uh, and you know how much fun it was to see this husband and wife team on screen together. And, you know, if I kind of live in that meta place, Watching them do this, uh, go through the world of a quiet place was really exciting and exhilarating and scary and, and, um, 
and and so without him, I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, uh, Emily Blunt is amazing as a, a performer. Uh, obviously, she can certainly carry this without her husband, but that was part of what made the the experience of A Quiet Place anomalous to me was the fact that the two of them were doing this together on screen. And so I I'm gonna miss that, and I'm I'm less interested in in the world without them as a couple. So. Well, hopefully they'll figure it out. I mean, yeah. it it makes me nervous too because I mean, I remember watching when it came to the end of the first film, and I'm like, wow, that was a perfect ending. What a taut, well put together film. I hope they don't make a sequel because yeah. it's perfect just as it is. It doesn't need anything more. So, this will be Krasinski's chance to prove that this was necessary. I guess yeah. we'll find I, out on March twentieth. Your comparison to The Walking Dead is is apt, and it's also why I'm not an avid Walking Dead fan right now. Like I'm done with Walking Dead, and and it's because of this. Mm. I, I, I'm 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 finished with that. They've they've messed up the monster stuff. Yeah, for yeah. Me, you know, like I, I just have no need for it. the monsters were their own beautiful metaphor. Now that humans are are hating on humans and these aren't the kind of of humans you want to save, um, that's not a story I'm into. And that's it's taken the the whole zombie monster environmental fear into a place that's that's not why we have the zombie monster environmental fear anymore, right? They they've mucked it up. So yeah, right. Yeah, all right. I'm done. I hear you. I hear you. Well, March 20th, this opens wide, pretty much right around there, uh, around the world, starting the 18th in some spots through the 20th, except for Latvia, which gets at the 27th, and Argentina, not until April 16th. So there you go. The Quiet Place, right. part two. All right. Are we, we're going to try some re-ranking, even though we don't have Steve for his part correct. of the game. All right. That is correct. So um, let's do it. First up, we have Ronin or Planet of the Apes. I got to go Planet of the Apes. Yeah, well, I don't. <laughs> you do. Uh, I got to go Ronan. You just don't know you do. Of course I've got to go Ronan. <laughs> of course I do. All right. Well, here we go. All right. Right out of the gate. We're already yeah. fighting. <laughs> One, two, three. three. Scissors. Rock. <laughs> Look at that. Ronan's going to have a big, big old jump here. Well, not too big. 134 to 114. 20, okay. 20 spots. I'll take it. Next up, we have um, Only Angels Have Wings from our 1939 series or Murder by Death. Hmm. I'm fairly middling on both of those. I, you know, I'll say Murder by Death because at least the conceit is pretty clever. Yeah, I, I will also go Murder by Death. I uh, went from 391 to 280. Wow. There was a big jump for that nice. one. Detour from our film noir series or Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. I love Detour, but I feel like I'm going to give it to Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Sweeney Todd uh, held steady. 191. Romeo and Juliet from our 1968 Best Picture series or The Red Shoes. That was a while ago. That was our cinematographer series on that one. Yeah. I'm going to say The Red Shoes for sure. Yeah, Red Shoes. Red Shoes went from 340 to 225. Mary Poppins or Raising Arizona. Oh, Raising Arizona. Yeah. I mean, yes, I love Raising Mary Arizona. Poppins. Right, right. <laughs> but it's Raising Arizona. For a minute uh, there, Arizona. Like you said Raising Arizona, and I heard the Big Lebowski, and I was about to fight you. <laughs> but you're right. No, it is well, Raising Arizona. 
it would have been a big jump for Mary Poppins because Raising Arizona held steady in spot number four on our chart. Yeah. It is way, way up there. Yeah. The Man in the White Suit or E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh, I got to go E.T. I mean, the and Man in the White Suit is a great movie. But... <laughs> oh, you can't judge it on the commercial. <laughs> okay, no, it's E.T. Uh, commercial should never have been made. E.T. held spot uh, held steady in spot seven. See? It was you know, I have to say, there are a lot of people who wrote me over the holiday season with uh, recommending that I watch that trailer because it was so good. The E.T. thing? Yeah. I just want to, I just want that to sit out there, right? That we are, in some cases, we are an island together. That is true. That is true. We're like a series of islands. We're, We're like a series a, of small. It's is that, yes. are we an archipelago? Is We're that what we are? <laughs> <laughs> an extra archipelago <laughs> for film lovers. <laughs> That's right. Oh, all right. Next up, we have the girl who played with fire, or the descent. Oh, the descent. The descent. The descent held steady in spot ninety-one. Next up, we have Scoop from Woody Allen, or the Natural. Oh, the Natural, absolutely. Wait, Do you remember how scoop? bad Scoop was? <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible film. <laughs> yes, you can have it. <laughs> the Natural held steady 203. <laughs> oh, boy. Quarantine. Hey, did you yes. know that they actually made a Descent Part 2? Talk about a taut thriller that was so good. Why did they make a Descent Part 2, Andy? Because it's a horror movie, it? and they love the creatures. Uh, horror movies uh, often end up, the sequels end up just yeah. being about the creatures. Yeah. All right, good. Sadly. All right, Quarantine, another one they probably made a sequel from. Uh, I know they did in the Spanish original. Or The Wizard of Oz. Oh, I love Quarantine, but seriously, it's The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, okay, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sound sure. <laughs> I'm sure enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, that Wizard of Oz held steady in spot 135. I don't know where we are. I lost count, but we'll call this one our last one. Okay. Robin Hood, 1922, the silent Douglas Fairbanks version, or the big budget, uh, crazy Ridley Scott movie, Prometheus. Oh. <sighs> I feel like I need to go Robin Hood because at least the story makes a lot more sense. Prometheus is a gorgeous film to look at, but. I'm going to go, um, wow, this I'm is hard. I think I'm going to go. They, that also had problems. Like, he was like, oh, I'm afraid of girls. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think I'm going to go Prometheus issues. on this. Uh, I'll go with Prometheus, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a little torn on that one. It, it was as soon <laughs> but... as you said, I'm afraid of girls in that voice. <laughs> that cemented it. <laughs> Which is sad because it's a silent film. Of course, he didn't sound like that. And but... now that's what Robin Hood sounds like. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our last rank, and Prometheus went from 360 to 335. Shaking Look things up a little shiny bit this week. Arrows. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay. All right. Nice. So uh, I guess we're down to our lists, eh? We are down to our lists, Andy. This was, this was hard because of the curse of riches. <laughs> oh, yes. There are so many cars, so many great cars that have had things done to them for movies. Just for for people who are tuning in who aren't sure what we're talking about, we're doing our lists right now, our Saturday matinee lists. We post over on on our Discord group a poll um, to tie in with the movie that we're discussing this week, which is, of course, Harold and Maude. And in that movie, 
Harold does a great conversion with his Porsche. He converts it into a Porsche hearse. And so this week, we are looking at fantastic movie car conversions. Yes, so. we are. <laughs> and you're right. There were a lot of options. So I'm going to let you take it away. What's your first pick? I am. I'm trying to to play strategy here because I have a feeling that uh, I worry because I know you don't think so hard about the three, two, one ranking thing of these. Yeah. Yeah, That you're just going to take your best one first. And that, that makes me do. Yeah, you are. Okay. Well, well, I often do. I I can't, I won't say for sure if I'm doing that this time or not. uh, Maybe I have a different strategy. uh, Hey, I have a question before, before you start, are you doing uh, just cars that were converted into something cooler for the film, or are you picking them where the conversion actually takes place over the course of the film, like Harold Amon? Yeah, you know, I I did not find anything that I really loved in that regard that was not in like the Fast and the Furious movies, right? Like it's where you see a conversion happening on screen that I just mm-hmm. fell in love with. And and you know, because the car is such an important part of of the movie and my history with it that um, you know, in some cases I have a car that is just not stock, but something has happened to it to make it more of a car that builds a relationship. But it still looks more like the car, you know. That yeah. was right off the showroom, even though we know okay. some some things have been done to it. Um, and in some cases, it's been a, a major, you know, conversion. I'm going to open the bidding with that uh, example. I don't think you can have a, a list of great car conversions without including something from the canon of James Bond. And as much as I am not. Uh, a giant fan of James Bond anymore because of reasons. I am a huge fan of the 1975 Lotus Esprit S1 Turbo. That is the submarine Lotus from The Spy Who Loved Me. Talk about a car that defined my love of fantasy cars when I was a kid. This thing, when it goes into the, when it comes out of the water and Roger Moore drops a fish uh, uh, from the uh, uh, driver's side, I. I just adore everything about this car. Uh, and uh, apparently it is now owned uh, by uh, Tesla. What's his name? SpaceX uh, owner. Is it really? It. Yeah. And he's going to he has plans to convert it into uh, its working submarine state. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Why can't I think of his name right now? What's his name? Uh, yeah. you you said that, and then you threw me. I don't yeah, know. I know. Yeah, it's anyway. it's really early. Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk yeah. owns it, and so he's gonna he's he's gonna make it work again. And that I mean, talk about a feat of engineering. There's no CG. It's just the fins that push out the side of the car. You know, it's no. It just is mechanics. It's well, the wheels flip over and do the yeah. Cool the wheels little, flip over. You know, oh, I love that. Steel. That that was the first steal right there. Uh, so. Congratulations. You got what you wanted. Well, I'm not happy with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to go with, I guess, what I would call is uh, for me, my most obvious one. Um, If you're going to start with your uh, gloves off, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am going with uh, another one that is possibly one of the most obvious ones. Um, It is when you turn a DeLorean into a time machine. 
and it is, of course, Back to the Future. Um, what a cool way to travel back in style or forward in style, depending on which direction you're going. I uh, didn't even know what a DeLorean was when I saw Back to the Future, but I was just endlessly fascinated by the coolness of that car. And, of course, since then, I've uh, been able to sit behind the wheels of a DeLorean and, and pretend that I'm uh, Marty McFly. Uh, it's just fantastic. It's such a an awesome, uh, <laughs> just an awesome idea to do that with a uh, with an eighties uh, time travel movie because yeah. you know for our age when we when you see something like that it just looks cool and it makes sense. So I loved yeah. it. Back to the Future first pick. Okay, this it <laughs> thrills me that you did not take this. Uh, oh, okay, and, and I have left you. So much room because I'm diving into this series. I also don't think, insofar as I don't think you can have a list like this without James Bond represented, I also don't think you can have a list like this without Mad Max represented. And do you know what I'm doing? Can you pick it? Do you know what I'm picking? I don't, but I, I left Mad Max. I was going to call it my Mad Max memorial list since uh, we've talked about all the movies. And I was like, well, I can't put any of those on, but uh, leave it I to did. you oh, no, I had to, to pull a Steve. I am. I'm, I, yes, this is the Steve Corollary. And I am picking from Fury Road, the Giga Horse. Yeah. Uh, the double 59 Cadillac bodies riding atop a massive truck chassis powered by twin Chevy big block V8s that have both been supercharged. And uh, it's uh, dr- driven on those giant tractor tires. And it is just an amazing looking vehicle that uh, drives across the desert on stilts. So uh, it is a real standout car, even in a movie full of standout vehicles, uh, you know, like the truck with the flaming guitarist on it. Uh, this uh, this one just really uh, catches the eye because it's a car stuck inside another car. Uh, yep. <laughs> and I it's, love a, it. it's a fantastic one. And it's an easy pick. I mean, really, uh, it, it, Seemed like that was going to have to be on the list, even yep. if someone had to cheat to get it here. So, Wait, but because of that, it's not someone a steal. cheating. You, <laughs> you are talking about me to me. So just yes. Okay, good. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. For my second one, uh, this seems like another obvious one that I I was sure you would pull because I figured you would say Andy's never going to pick this one because, as you know, Pete. I have issues with the Ghostbusters films. <laughs> Ecto one. The the uh, you know, despite any issues I have with them, you have to acknowledge that the Ectomobile is just it has been defined as the just the perfect cool like ghost hunting car. They they did something with this. It's a 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor, and. They made this, it's kind of a, a hearse type of car, or I guess it was an old ambulance, that um, they they turned it into the coolest car to go hunting ghosts in. And it's, I mean, I'm not really that excited about the new Ghostbusters film, but seeing that car like driving around in cornfields, it just looks cool because it's this car. And so I had to go with it, even though it's not my favorite franchise, but the Ectomobile is an absolutely classic movie car that has uh, uh, made it to my list. So there you go. It is a classic. It's a great pick. I'm glad you uh, put it on there. 
it was it it was on my backup list uh, along with the DeLorean uh, DMC twelve. Uh, so you you caught you caught both of my backups. Okay, that's uh, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm disappointed that it wasn't a steal, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my final one is is one that looks uh less like a, a conversion, uh, but it is and more of just a classic movie car. And but they did stuff to it, right? They had to do stuff to it. Uh, it is. It, it makes me sad that I have to pick it in order to get it on the list. I have to pick it from the 2005 movie, The Dukes of Hazard. Uh, the the <laughs> generally. <poor> <laughs> <laughs> the generally is is probably my favorite movie car of all time, and it comes with so many caveats. No, I'm not crazy about the flag on top. And yes, I'm aware that they're no longer manufacturing toys, the the, the car toy, because of that flag. Um, but you have to know that I am of an age where you know what they can do with cars on screen in my head is largely defined by the dukes of hazard television show and so i am taking yet another probably glorious cheat by saying that this car was converted into a rally car by installing the roll cage in it and uh, welding the doors shut to the 1969 dodge charger and painting in that glorious hemi orange. I love this car. I love the sound of it. I love what it, just the look of it. Um, and my babysitter, Tony Marzavis, when he turned 17, he had saved up a whole bunch of money and he went out and he bought a red, uh, it was a 68 Dodge Charger because he also was a giant fan of the movie and he had an eight track uh, a cassette player in the dash and he would let me ride around with him and we would listen to uh, Rush moving pictures real real loud on his 8 track in his 68 Dodge Charger and I felt just like Luke Duke there you go <laughs> yeah uh, despite all the problems with the uh, with that car nowadays um, it, if you were of an era, you grew up watching yep. the Dukes of Hazard. So it's got to be um, on the list. I, it's it's a shame that it has to uh, come from the movie version of it. Which I know I didn't even I'm... bother, um, but <sighs> there it is, Dukes of Hazard. For my last one, I'm going with a car that you definitely won't argue is cooler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was really please. torn because, like you said, it's an embarrassment of riches. But this one I'm going to go with because it uh, it was just a really funny car to see in the movie, and I think they did a good job of of um, uh, kind of making it what it was. It is a 1984 Ford Econoline uh, van. <laughs> Any idea where I'm going with this? Are you going Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> I am going Dumb and Dumber. That was with, on my backup list with, too. <laughs> with the Mutt Cuts uh, dog car. Oh yes, it's got uh, a dog. The whole thing looks like a, a big dog with a, a nose and tongue in the front and a little leg on the side and ears kind of all floppy and furry. Uh, it's the Shaggin' Wagon. It is uh, just... <laughs> They have to lift the, the rear leg to get the gas cap. I mean, the whole thing just, I mean, it cracks me up to no end. And yeah. seeing that car racing around, a lot of fun. So, uh, uh, you know, and it's a movie that I think uh, holds up. I mean, it's it's definitely a Farrelly Brothers, uh, you know, kind of uh, 
raunchy comedy. Yeah. But I love the pairing of Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. It's a it's a fun film. So, and uh, while I haven't been able to show it to my kids yet because of a lot of things in it, there are definitely scenes that I have shown them because you know it's funny. So that's my final pick dumb and dumber that is a great pick i think of our six the only one that really stretches the the rule of conversions is mine the 68 dodge charger which you know really beyond the paint job isn't isn't that visually changed but i i think what we have is a great list of five other movies with great conversions um i am curious if you uh, you didn't have any bond on your list, or did you have some bond oh, no, on you your backup my, list? Uh, I my, stole my, yours. Yeah, the Spy Who Loved Me was my. I, it's it's curious that that you and I both have the Spy Who Loved Me with the Lotus, even though that was the only time the Lotus was used, and the '64 Aston Martin uh, DB5 is has really defined, um, you know, Bond cars. It is the most famous of the cars. Uh, it having, is, but I think when we're talking car yeah. conversions, the whole idea that it turned into a submarine, uh, yeah. yeah, like you, I mean, that totally burned into my brain as a cool spy thing. Yep. And so I think that's largely why that is the direction that my brain went also. Okay, good. And I am I am very surprised that, uh, speaking of Ian Fleming, that you didn't pick your old favorite. Where is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Andy? Oh, it's it's right here. Wither Chitty Chitty. Yeah, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Also, I had one that was a paint job uh, also, but uh, I opted to not use it. But it was uh, the Fantastic Electric Mayhem bus from the Muppet movie. Oh, outstanding. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, And I guess neither of us had the the mystery machine. It was another close paint job one, but I was was a little torn because, I mean, you know, I grew up on the Scooby-Doo cartoons but uh, i was a little reticent to pick the uh the movies <laughs> not as reticent <laughs> as i was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay nice job yes uh, indeed all right so, so where, uh, this where week do we, we go from here we're gonna do our second um uh, colin higgins film we're going to be looking at silver streak it is a great uh we can do comedy uh you know duos that certainly yeah. seems like an obvious one. Or is it yes. too obvious? But uh, no, I'm I, great comedy duos. There are lots of them. I think that's mm-hmm. great. Uh, uh, runaway trains. Mm, yeah, I feel like that's definitely something we have to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, or or is it? Do we broaden it to like runaway vehicles? Does it have um, to be a train? Uh, are you are you just hoping that you can put speed two on your list? Is that why I'm. I don't. I think you know that I'll find a loophole, whatever you say. <laughs> I'm sure so you I'm not. I fear no constraint. <laughs> <laughs> I, runaway vehicles is fine. I'll put okay. that on All right. the list. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Okay, so uh, uh, let's see. Um, that movie has. Well, it has Jaws before he was Jaws. Do we want to look at great uh, movie thugs? bruisers movie bruisers Hmm, that's an interesting one i mean i wouldn't call him a great uh movie bruiser in this film but um but he certainly (laughs) the accidental bruiser (laughs) 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 uh okay that's that's a good option um are there anything else that Um, we'd like more what else i'm sure this was one that we talked about oh well yeah because i mean there were plenty of tropes, tropes but some of these it's like you know how hard is it going to be to come up with 
uh, you know, see, uh, movies where the cops bring their uh, the 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 civilian yeah. along uh, on the on the uh, uh, yeah. Is that an IMDb trying to keyword? Stop the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm okay with this though. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think. Were there any other good tropes that this one had? Um, uh, let's see. Well, we had the undercover policeman. Comedy right, the undercover duo. undercover FBI. Yeah. Uh, terrible pickup lines. Terrible pickup lines. Worst movie pickup lines. Um, or best movie pickup lines, depending on <laughs> the perspective. Do you go all the way? Do you go all the way? Um. Yeah. No, I'm uh, okay. Okay. Let's let's so runaway else. vehicles, great comedy duos. Oh, movie oh. movie bruisers. Yeah, movie bruisers. All right, that poll is going up in our Show Talk channel over on Discord, so uh, get in there and cast your vote. Um, I think they need uh, to be Patreon supporters to access that channel. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, in the Show Talk channel. Yeah, um, for for as little as a right. dollar a week, dollar no, a I'm, month. I don't. I think they need to be on the second tier. Second tier, three dollars so a month, dollar, something like that. You won't Check even it out feel Patreon. it. Patreon.com. You won't even yeah. feel it. It's worth it's it like because a of Starbucks all the other fantastic things you get. You get access to the live stream. You get access to early releases of shows. You get access to a lot of stuff. Plus, you get access to the Show Talk channel. Exactly. So, and you can you cast go. your vote and nice uh, let us know what you think. And uh, it should be fun. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this week's Saturday Matinee. And until next week, have a good one. Uh, and don't forget to check out uh, The Next Real Merch at thenextreal.com slash merch. Oh, yeah. There's some great uh, shirts in there from... Uh, from all sorts of wonderful silliness from the show. And Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.